Hello and welcome to the Smart March Wrestling Podcast, the latest and greatest sensation that's sweeping the nation. My name is Mikey J. Here with Ryan Ryan, <laughs> and we are ready to talk about AEW Revolution the entire week, from the pay per view to Dynamite to Rampage. But before we do that, we want to send our condolences to Big E, who broke his neck on that episode of Raw, which looked absolutely disgusting. I also have another condolence. Let's also uh, keep our thoughts and prayers for Scott Hall, who has been hospitalized. Oh, uh, apparently, has, he had three consecutive heart attacks. Thoughts and prayers out to Mr. Scott Hall. Um, obviously, very, very uh, tragic situation, but thoughts and prayers to both of those guys, and let's hope for speedy recoveries on those. And one more quick condolence to Pete Dunne, who lost his name on NXT. And you see, guys, this is why this is why you can call us AEW Marks, but if they're going to ruin a guy's name, at least give him a better name than, oh my god, like, Butch? Butch. I was like, I almost forgot it. I was like, what? what is it, Butch? Well, like I was saying earlier, we're going to talk about AEW Revolution. Dynamite. Uh, what happened with that? Uh, obviously, there were some exciting things that happened on Dynamite, and we're going to finish it off with Rampage here on the Smart Marks Podcast. All right, so Revolution. Ryan, what was the first match that occurred on this magnificent card we call Revolution? So the first match of the night was Mr. Eddie Kingston taking on Le Champion and uh, Chris Jericho. And um, I did, I'm sorry, Mikey, but I did get the prediction right. I said that Eddie Kingston was going to win, but I certainly didn't think it was going to be by submission. Um, But that being said, this match was just an absolute clinic whatever the fuck you want to call it. It was so good. Um, Eddie and Chris are just two of the best athletes today. Um, And, I mean, Jericho's physique's looking a lot better, too. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, But let's just be honest. Like, that was such a clinic of a match. Those two have great chemistry together, and it was a really good call in AEW to book these two guys together. Um, Eddie obviously has a lot to prove in um, AEW, and Chris Jericho, he said it himself. He's the big kahuna. He is the main event there's there's no topping chris jericho he's done it for 30 years now so i think it should have been i mean you got to open with a really good match and they made a good call on that one it was a really good um match i absolutely loved it i think having chris jericho you know do the whole i mean we'll get to it a little bit later but the whole i'm not gonna shake your hand thing it's going what the fuck man like why didn't he shake his hand why it makes you question as a fan why chris why, Chris, why didn't you shake Eddie's hand? <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. Uh, well, I was not expecting this match to steal the show, but it did. That and it, another match that we'll talk about later. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. But, but honestly, I was yes. not expecting it. But this is probably my second favorite match on the card. Agree. Uh, Eddie Kingston came out to play. The pops for Eddie was insane. They were shouting for Eddie the entire match. Oh, yeah. Where did Chris Jericho come from? I know. Oh my god. He is looking like he did in his 20s out of nowhere. He's looking great. I'm proud of him. He came a long way. But like Ryan was saying, there's just so much depth into the storyline where Eddie Kingston never got the success that Jericho had. And Chris Jericho, he's the big kahuna, the big one, the champion, the demo god, the influencer, all those great names we call him. He's a legend, and the fact that Eddie got a win 
over a big name like Chris Jericho, it's only going to push him to the skies, which is awesome. I predicted Chris Jericho winning. I was wrong. And that's okay. That's, that's the beauty fine, of wrestling. Because I didn't expect it to have this kind of reaction in how the storyline would go, and I'm really happy they chose that decision. But yeah, really proud of Eddie. It was a great match. Sold the show. All right. Um, and that being said, like we oh, said, no. this was um, this was definitely um, this next match. Definitely. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Michael and myself really, really got it wrong. So... But where we, did we I, go wrong? You know, like, why? We lied to your faces with no mercy. I was like, you know what? Red Dragon is walking out of Revolution with the tag team belts. I had to. I And you know what? <laughs> we didn't talk about it, but on the pre-show, Mr. Don Callis came out with the Kenny Omega theme music. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The and, one... and if you care enough about the, the pre-show, you can go and watch the pre-show. The only match worth watching was the House of Black and Pot and pack with uh, Eric Redbeard. Eric Redbeard, I'll tell you what. That's the only highlight from the um, pre-show was the House of Black winning over. Uh, I mean, it was a pretty basic pre-show. You had the women's match. That was great. You had the hook match, and obviously hook won. I don't see in any universe of reality where hook's losing a match. We, we watched it. Not really exciting, but, I mean, the House of Black match definitely should have been on the main card, I feel like. Oh, um, no doubt. But, yeah, but... When Don Callis comes out to the Kenny Omega music, I was partially correct when I said Kenny Omega would come back. I was I was marking out hard because I was like, oh, Don Callis is here. That means that Kenny Omega's probably showing up later. Which means he's probably coming he's probably gonna show up later down the line. I'm sure that Kenny probably has a fair amount to go on his uh, recovery on his injury. I mean Kenny's probably got like so much shit wrong with him for I mean, he literally just wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with injuries. Man, Kenny deserves like Five years off of AEW television for but, how much you worked. But anyway, back to Red Dragon. Um, I was absolutely disappointed. I think, um, I mean, yeah, I get why you still have them as the champions, but are you kidding me? Like, the pay-per-view, the grand stage, and Red Dragon and the Young Bucks just looked like goofballs. I mean, they were fighting each other, and... Jurassic Express wins the whole thing, and it just blows my mind that, I mean, I didn't like, I mean, I understand the booking call, I just don't like it. I really don't like it. I I understand why they had Jurassic Express win, but here's, so it makes a lot of sense, but the pop that Jurassic Express got when they won, it was not good. We need like a fart noise. I know, people were, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to use that over and over again. Yeah, like that, that 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 is Jurassic Express in its entirety. And you know what, it's such a damn shame, I... Actually, really like Luchasaurus, but I think Jungle Boy just—he doesn't have it. He is every other somewhat mid-card main eventer that wanted to make it big that just has no charisma. I'm he's sorry. working on it. He's probably like my least favorite pillar of AEW. Like oh. Sammy Darby, MJF—they got over so well. Yeah, but this guy's still working on it. Darby doesn't even have to be like charismatic because just the way he wrestles alone is enough for me to go, damn. But nonetheless, Jurassic Express did beat the Bucks and Red Dragon. Uh, Red did. Dragon and Young Bucks, the first time around, were kind of just getting the best of Jurassic Express, double-teaming them, and then Jurassic Express turned the tables when Red Dragon and the Bucks started to collide with each other a little bit. Um, definitely didn't live up to the hype I thought it was going to bring. I, I really thought it would steal the show, but I guess they left that to Eddie Kingston. 
So the my favorite part of the match was literally just Bobby Fish yelling at everyone. Bobby Fish should just have his own podcast where he yells about shit for a half hour. If Bobby Fish is listening to this podcast, please become a guest. We love I, you, Bobby. We love you, Bobby. He's still on my Mount Rushmore. He'll stay on my Mount Rushmore. But yep, uh, Jurassic Express, that's fine. I don't think the Young Bucks and Red Dragon feud needs the title belts. That's it, fine. It doesn't. But it would have been cooler. Well, on to another match we were wrong about. <laughs> the face of the revolution ladder match. I did I did partially say that uh the winner of this match would do something in a later match we'll discuss, but Wardlow pulling out the big victory. Um oh definitely he was my second pick. I definitely thought Keith Lee just looked like he had what it took to win, but then the more you watch the ladder match, the more I'm just like, you know what? I really kind of oversold Keith Lee. I really don't. I just thought since he was their newest signing that they'd uh, bring him in as the winner of the ladder match, and I'm really happy they didn't. Like, I was wrong about the winner of this match, but I'm, I'm so happy I was wrong. Glad you're wrong. Because Wardlow winning this was the absolute greatest decision they could have made. It was a pretty entertaining encounter, too. Um, I definitely don't think it was the best match or the worst match. It was kind of in the middle. Um, it did its, I think, earlier Face of the Revolution. Like, Well, I don't know if it was called Face of the Revolution, but earlier ladder matches with the ring, like the one that Brian Cage won uh, like years yes. ago. And earlier ones were a lot better. But this one, you know, this one was okay. I think it served its purpose. It got Wardlow over, you know, Wardlow is going to challenge for the TNT title. Um, it, it did its purpose, and that's about all it did. Exactly. But up next, oh. the TBS champion, Jade Cargill. Goldberg! That, that it's Goldberg! Bitch, it's Jade Goldberg. And Ty uh, Conti. And Ty Conti, my girl. That girl that does that little Brazilian. She did the Brazilian <laughs> dance up on stage. She was looking good. You remember, she... you remember Victor Cruz Victor. from the New York Giants? I did remember. So he would do the same little dance Ty Conti does. you just got to watch it. If you're a foot, you're probably not a foot. If you watch, listen to the podcast, you might be a football fan. If not, Look up the Victor Cruz and then look up the Ty Conti. It's is the it, same thing. Is I it sh- like the Icky Woods? Yeah, no, it's not. The, the Icky Woods is cooler, but uh, no, no, it's nobody remembers him. But I mean, he was. I mean, he won a Super Bowl and he literally would do that little cha 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 thing. It wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, but it was. It wasn't great either. But well, number one, Ty Conti came out wearing the House of Black makeup. I don't know what she was going for there. I don't either. Um, it was rough. I like Jade Cargill's entrance with the guitar solo and everything. Yeah, that dude. Uh, yeah, um, God, that was that was incredible. I mean, we we play in a band outside the podcast, so I mean, we have a little bit of appreciation for music. And yeah, that dude shreds. He was wicked, man. And uh, my favorite part was she came out dressed like uh, Jade from Mortal Kombat. That was cool. And Jim Ross was like, "Oh my gosh, she dressed like a superhero." <laughs> And Excalibur's like, or a Mortal Kombat character. You know, it's like Jim Ross is the only guy that can get away with, like, fucking up so much when it comes to, like, talking on the microphone, like, WWE Dynamite. And it's just like, you're like, oh, J-. it's like that 80-year-old grandpa, and you're just like, Grandpa, it's okay. He, he, it's the grandpa you bring around to, like, family dinner, and he says something stupid, and you're like, oh, oh grandpa. grandpa. <laughs> I love Jim Ross. But they started this match off with a kiss, which was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I, 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 I didn't. I'm not I'm gonna the, say yeah. if I enjoyed that or not. But, yeah, me neither. Um, I guess that's her new gimmick. It's called the kiss of death, and she's gonna start doing that's all of her. It's just opponents. really weird. <laughs> I it's, wasn't expecting it. It's strange, it. Um, but I'm, I'm it sure works, I guess. The crowd liked it. Well, yeah, obviously. Know, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it 
we all saw it coming. Jade Goldberg winning over Ty Conti, and then they'll just throw her in another feud with another mid-card wrestler until they actually find somebody that can beat Jade Goldberg. How do you follow up such a great match? you got to put CM Punk and MJF on next, because how are you going to outdo that match? Jade Goldberg and Ty Conti. If Jim Cornette talks about how great the fucking match is, you know it's good. So, CM Punk and MJF, they are my favorite wrestlers of all time after this night. This is the best feud in AEW history. I will I will stand by I, that. I hope it ends here and they go their separate ways because I do not want them to ruin it. Between other than other than uh, a couple of different you know what? It's typically MJF's feuds that are the best in AEW history. I remember I was so big on the Cody MJF storyline too, but I think CM Punk MJF is definitely the better of the feuds that he had. But well, even the way they brought him out was genius. Um, and let's just be honest, this match was a fucking clinic. This was the best match of the night. MJF, the ultimate heel move, playing cold personality coming out, and yeah. then coming out. CM Punk was one step ahead. His, his entrance was my favorite thing of all time. It was so fucking cool. And I don't know why he doesn't use that all the time. Because honestly, I've never seen this entrance before because I really wasn't into ROH at the time. But yeah. he came out to his old ROH theme song. A little wearing, AFI, I'm down with a it. A little AFI. The people in the crowd knew it. Yeah. They were singing along. I was like, me, me and Mikey are in our 20s. We weren't really around. I wasn't around for, for ROH. The early, no. like, 05, 06 days of ROH, uh, we would have been, like, what, like, six or seven, so we weren't yeah. quite there yet. But, but I like to do my research, and this, that entrance meant a lot to him. Like, I saw him in the uh, post-pay-per-view media scrum. Dude was bawling his eyes out about ROH. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy he got to do that. It was a cool little uh, ring gear setup that he had. Oh, too. yeah. It made him look badass. It did. Uh, and I think that we both predicted correctly on this one as well. Oh, I think so. I think they went with the right direction. It definitely should have happened, but let's just be honest. The, the Wardlow turn was immaculate. It was beautiful. It was perfect. It was up there. This might be really controversial to say, but it's up there with the Batista turn for me. Yeah, I like the Batista turn a lot better. Because he was like, oh, he forgot the ring. And then he lays the ring out for CM Punk. Well, I, I was going to say, we might have to talk about the Batista turn at some point. Uh, oh, but, yeah, just how legendary that yeah, was. But Warlow's up there, man. Yeah, no, it was it was a re- it was the best match of the night. It was a clinic. Was I'd be brutal. surprised if Meltzer doesn't give it five stars because it deserves it. And... The best dog collar match, obviously, in AEW history. Probably one of the best of all time. And just two overall guys that are the best in the business Man, story drove this match. And the fans were really into it. But just to sum it all up, match of the night. Oh, easily. But uh, before we get into the next match, I do want to mention that AEW made another major signing in Swerve Strickland. Who? who? Listen, I do not know much about this guy, but the crowd seemed to be really into him, and hopefully he'll do good. I just, it's not the right time to bring him in, especially when you have another crazy debut later in the week. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that we'll later. We'll get to it. It's just, I, I you know, it's just kind of like, eh, you know. It's, like, it's all right. I just, I, I know Tony's really big into him, but I guess we'll see how that pans out. Anyway, we're going to move on to the next match, which we also... I think I, I definitely predicted this one correctly. I don't know if you went with the other one or not. Oh, uh, I changed my mind. I ended up getting this one right. Oh, you did. I um, did. So, AEW Women's Champion of the World, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Is she going to have a longer title reign than Roman Reigns with the Universal Belt? 
I think they should keep this title on Britt forever. Britt has held like three variations of the women's belt already. I love this title reign, man. I think it is up there. Uh, it, I mean, Roman Reigns' title reign is legendary and better than than most title reigns out there. Other than, I think Roman Reigns and Kenny, when they both had their back-to-back that reigns. Was, dude, that was primetime wrestling right there. <sighs> right. Wednesday Night Wars and everything. And I, mean, and I mean, Roman is still just killing it over there. But, I mean, Britt is like the equivalent, in my opinion, of... Uh, Charles Flair? Absolutely. I think the reign <laughs> itself is... Like, you know, it's a tier below the Roman Reigns I mean, reign right now. Brit with Hater and Rebels kind of like Reigns with the that's what That's what I think of when I think of the reign. But, I mean, it's an excellent reign. Britt Baker is such... And she's not even, like, a dislikable heel. Like, she's actually pretty entertaining, and I love watching She's out her. of cult. Yeah, literally. She's great. She's absolutely but great. But, real talk, how do you feel about the new women's belt? Um, I do like the, I like the title design. I think the original... I didn't like the original like centerpiece of it because it was so damn small. But I get like in the in the past like women's belts have had like smaller like centerpieces. I I don't like that just because I feel like the women's belt should be like the same size as the men's belt. Yeah, it's just as like prestigious, it's, especially with Brit holding it. It's not my favorite belt. No, no. But it's you know it's it, it's it right. looks great on Brit. If Brit likes it, I like it. But yeah, uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh, Took the job to Took Brit. the job, I think, you know, and I think that they do a great job of telling the story like, hey, you might have beat me a year ago in Blood and Guts, and but guess who got the action figure? Guess who ended up winning the belt? Guess who ended up being the face of T, like, you know, TNT or TBS or AEW? It's Britt Baker. It isn't Thunder Rosa, and Thunder Rosa had a lot to prove going into this match. So it was, it was some good storytelling. It was a fair match. Like I said, it didn't steal the show or anything, but it was a pretty good match. And that's, this thing is far from over. Yeah, I especially think next week's match, which we'll get into later. I was going to say they could just keep booking the same match over and over again, unlike you know WWE, where they book the same match fifty times in a row, and I get tired of it. I'm not tired of it yet. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Yeah, that's that's your WrestleMania main event this year. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, I mean, all kidding aside, but I mean, these two could literally probably fight time and time and time and time again, and we would never get tired of it. Right. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> I love this guy. So the next match was overshadowed. I mean, let's just... This was also in the top three match of the night. It but, was... It's not as good as I thought it'd be, to yeah, be honest. I mean, that's also might be because we were, like, kind of dozing out like towards the end of it. I'm like, man, I'm, like, getting well, kind of sleepy. And, I gotta remind you what we've seen so far. We saw Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho put on the match of the night. We saw right. the tag teams. We saw Wardlow. We saw Jade Goldberg. We saw the dog collar match, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. We're exhausted at this point. They're yeah. just like pumping wrestling into our veins, and we're just exhausted. But that being said, this match, uh, like Mikey said, a little underwhelming, but it definitely was a good match. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like when people hype up something so much to the point where it's just when you watch it, it's not as great. As you maybe expect it to be. Maybe it's me, but is it the clash of styles? Maybe, you know, John Moxley having such a hardcore, ruthless, rough, rough around the edges style and Daniel Danielson. Him, you know, I almost got him Daniel Bryan, but Brian Danielson. Who's being, Daniel Bryan? I don't know. 
Rob Stump Scrub. But I mean, he <laughs> maybe Brian Danielson just being such a technical wrestler. That's why maybe him and Kenny had such a great match. Right. Um, I think this match proves why these two belong to work in a tag team together rather yeah. than being opponents. The finish was kind of wonky. Um, right. I really didn't understand that. John Moxley ends up winning the thing, but you know, like I said, the finish was kind of wonky. And then there's there's a brawl going on in the ring. And out of nowhere, I was not expecting this. It just happened so nonchalantly. William fucking Regal. Uh, he's a man. Comes out of nowhere and, you know, is like yelling at both of them going and slapping them going, you two are working together. What is this bullshit? Dude, William Regal has become my new favorite The wrestling pop for William Regal was un. Fucking believable. He had the pop of the night. The amount of well, it's not even it's the amount of respect that you have for William Regal. The time he spent in the industry, the time that he's put together, the fact that he gave he doesn't want money. He gives a shit about professional wrestling. You know, after seeing him slap Moxley, then going over and slap Danielson. Yeah. Oh my God! I believe that this guy can genuinely beat both of them up at the same time. Well, I mean, he does have the reputation of being one of the toughest guys, like out, like one of the real, real tough men in wrestling that oh, yeah. isn't just staged. Exactly. But, you know, I think the match got overshadowed by the fact that William Regal is their new manager. I think that's the one takeaway from that match. And it was great. I is think. that William Regal, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson are a force to be reckoned with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a beautiful segue here. Wait, I, before you do that, let me mention one thing. Okay, go ahead. These guys need to win the tag team championships. That would be insane. That is the only way to go moving forward. But anyway, to your segue. So I understand why John Moxley and Brian Danielson, even without William Regal, go on this late. The next match, why in the hell do they go on this late? I guess we'll get to it by dynamite. <laughs> but this is at the really, time, at the time, it doesn't make a lot of sense. This is a really weird match to have right before the main event. But I mean. I, you could have had the, we'll talk about it later, but you could have had the segment on Dynamite that we're going to talk about without having this match. So I understand why everything happened the way it did now. The next match was Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara facing Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy in a Tornado Tag Team match. Three words. Sting table spot. <laughs> that is the like I said last it's week. Insane. The only reason to have this pay-per-view on the card his thing, and it would have been Jeff Hardy, but then I found out that his non-compete clause wasn't up until this past Wednesday. Yeah. So that's the only reason that Jeff Hardy didn't debut, but these guys still put on a classic match. It's pretty good. It was. It really wasn't that bad, but like, you know, we're watching it, and we're expe- and you're expecting to see Jeff Hardy come out. Yeah, and he didn't. It was the weirdest phenomenon, but one of my favorite parts of this match is how quickly the camera went from each side of the arena. Like, you go to one side, and it's Sammy doing this insane move on Isaiah Cassidy on the entrance ramp. And then you go back, and Butcher and the Blade stacked up like two tables. Right. And Sting's doing goddamn power bombs in his 70s. I don't know what's right. going on with him. You know, it's... Dude's a legend. You that's know, the that's the one takeaway. Sting. That's it. It's Yeah, literally the one takeaway. I mean, I... Call me wrong, but I feel like the second half of the show towards the end really started to kind of drop the ball or, you know, suck the air out of, you know, the energy. Because well, it's like you're expecting wrestling perfection and you're getting Andrade and Matt Hardy and, you know, the like the, the storyline that nobody cares about. 
I hate to say it, that's what happens when you put the best match of the night in the middle of the card. That it should it should have been the main event. Everything after CM Punk and MJF was just uneventful. You, you could have asked anybody before the pay per view, "What's the one match you want to watch?" They, I bet you without a shadow of a doubt, it's CM Punk MJF. I've had my non wrestling fan friends talk about the CM Punk and MJF match. Mm-hmm. Like this is really getting people into the culture, and I'm loving it. My buddies that haven't watched wrestling since 2011 go, "Dude, CM Punk's on!" Like, I mean, and they literally watch MJF and they go, dude, I fucking hate this guy, but he's so damn good. Everybody feels like a kid again, man. It's insane. But that being said, we got one more match to talk about. We could have saw this coming from a mile away. It's It was going to happen. It was almost guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, other pay-per-views like Moxley Omega, like you don't really know what's going to happen. It hasn't been this way since like Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. Yeah. Like you knew that was going to happen. Yeah, that was the last one I was like, eh. But anyway, Hangman Adam Page, the AEW World Champion, defeats Adam Cole Bebe to retain his title. Yeah. How do we feel about the match? It actually really wasn't that bad. Like, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Um, It was a classic. The weirdest part of the match was Adam Cole's entrance. Yeah. He came out in Halo gear, and then he went to the wrong side of the ring (laughs) to do his spot. But dude, the Halo gear is so fucking... It's just, it's cool, but it's like, why are you wearing Halo gear? It was, I, I don't... That's Apparently kind of he's a big Halo fan, and I'm like respect well, I mean, to that. Well, I mean, me too, but I'm not going to come out in Master Chief's gear. But it was it was pretty exciting. I mean, I think it was definitely still you know it lived up to the hype that it had. But I think you know we were we were kind of I was expecting Mr. Omega to come back. But. I was expecting somebody to come out. Like the last segment of Hangman with the belt that seemed like really long. It really. And I was did. expecting someone to come out, but no, that was it. Yeah. Pay per view ended with Hangman holding that title high. It's still hard for me to, like, kind of... I, it might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm not really the biggest fan of his reign, but I think he's doing fine with it. I think it's just AEW's not really quite sure how to book face champions yet. Like, you know they do a really great job booking their Moxley heel champions. was a great face champion. Though. But he really wasn't, like, a face champion. He was a Stone Cold Steve he Austin. He was a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Where, where you know, he... He wanted to be the bad guy, but everybody liked the fucking bad guy, so they rooted for him. He was an anti-hero. Well, I mean, it's it's a different time in wrestling, too. Like, everybody used to love fucking rooting for Hulk Hogan. And now, like, nowadays, like, they love, they used to like rooting for, like, the Hulk Hogan's and the John Cena's, where nowadays we boo the Hulk Hogan's and the John Cena's. Exactly. But that was AEW Revolution 2022. Ryan, how would you rate the pay-per-view out of 10? Out of 10? Um Yeah. You know what? I'm going to give it a very fair seven. I think it was a very decent show. I don't think it was the best one they ever put on. But it's up there in terms of the overall quality. I mean, if you had, like, a top five list of, like, if I were to pick five AEW pay-per-views, it'd probably be maybe in the top five. I think I, was, I can get behind that. Yeah, I don't think it was the best show they've ever had by a long shot. But it definitely was a pretty good show. I think... Like any of the double or nothings, like like your first double or nothings got to be up there. Um, you're all out from uh, 2020, uh, 2021's got to be there. And then Revolution 2020's definitely got to be in there. And then uh, I don't know about that one. Revolution 2020 with Hangman think- and the Buff? I'm thinking Revolution 2021. Yeah, no, that one was. Yep. Yeah, you know, that one. That, that one, one was explosive. We'll, we'll talk about that one. But the. <laughs> No, Revolution 2020 with, like, Hangman and then Pack and Cassidy. and Yeah, no, that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. But then again, like, 
I would probably like in a list of five. I'd probably rank it like fourth or fifth. Like, I, I, oh, you it know. was good. I I'm gonna give it a solid eight out of ten. Yeah. Because the Punk match, honestly, any of these matches were really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a not a single match on this card missed. It was really good. Well, that concludes our pay-per-view analysis. It does. We're going to take a little break, and then up next, we're going to review the rest of the week in AEW, including Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, And Obviously, the most exciting things this week actually didn't occur on the pay-per-view. Yeah. No, I thought Dynamite was a 10 out of 10 this week. Oh, yeah. Agreed. And then after uh, we review Dynamite and Rampage, we will discuss what's next for us, and um, obviously, feel free to message us and give us... Any suggestions for stuff that you want us to talk about, um, suggestions for old pay-per-views, new pay-per-views, but just don't make us watch NXT or uh, what was it, 305 Live? For the love of God, I'm not going to watch Pete Dunne going by Butch on NXT. I don't want to watch any Sheamus matches. (laughs) If you say Sheamus or Gunther, I'm giving it a 0 out of 10. I'm done. I'm out. That's Consider that my adieu. But we will be right back. You know, if you asked me how Dynamite would start this week, I would not expect it to be a Chris Jericho promo in the ring. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This was the last thing I was expecting. I would never have expected Chris Jericho to turn on the inner circle. It was definitely one of those damn moments. And you know what? I I knew it was coming, but I didn't know who it was going to be. And you know what, dude? Like, you literally watched... Like the beginning of it, and Jericho and Kingston are cool, and then fucking 2.0 come out, and I'm like, and for a second I'm thinking, oh my god, it's gonna be another fucking match with Jericho and Kingston against goddamn 2.0. I thought it was like that WWE booking where they put the people in the feud with each other in a tag team. Yeah, and oh. I was like, no, have mercy. But as soon as I noticed 2.0 come in, I noticed that the guy wasn't kicking Jericho; he just kind of like kicked him off to the side. Right, and I was like. Okay, either this is a big coincidence or these guys are together. And the next thing you know, it's it's the Jericho Appreciation Society. I pledge allegiance to the Jericho Appreciation Society. This was a good call. It was a beautiful call. I wasn't expecting this at all. It kind of came out of left field, and I got a lot of haters on there saying that they shouldn't have put these guys together, but Bullshit. I'm loving them. Bullshit. And then you had Big Jake come out, and he was like, what do I do? And then he started beating up on Eddie let Santana. Me, let me tell you why this makes sense. Chris Jericho is a proven star. He doesn't need any more publicity. He's trying to get people over. 2.0 have been the butt of every AEW joke since they debuted. They need somebody to mentor them and get them to that next level. Daniel Garcia is such a talent. They have underutilized Daniel Garcia. They don't know what to do with him. Put him with Chris Jericho and you give him something. I mean, for God's sake, look what Jericho did for Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz, and Big Jake. I think Santana and Ortiz would have been fine without Jericho, but I think having Jericho with them definitely boosted their ability. Sammy Guevara would not be Sammy Guevara without Jericho. Oh, definitely I will not. Put my, I will put my word on that. And and Jake Hager even. So Tony, oh my gosh. So Tony Khan's smart, and he said, you know, We've done all we can do with the inner circle. Why not have Jericho just keep doing that to more guys until we elevate our whole roster? Unless, which I'm down for. It's it's going to be a great faction. And oh, I yeah. mean, and, and again, 
Jake Hager's doing fucking MMA. It's not like Jake Hager really gives a shit. He's like, yeah, I'll just fucking be Jericho's muscle. I don't have yeah, a fucking problem. He's Jericho's bodyguard for life. Um, I saw a tweet by Garcia, and he said, hey, you guys said I should partner with the best wrestler in the world. And I did. Yeah. Oh. Like people him. talking about him being with Brian Danielson. I'm like, nah, put him with Jericho, yeah. man. But that being said, that was excellent. Uh, next, we kind of have a... It, it was random. It's an impromptu AEW world title match. You got the big bad man, Hangman Adam Page, fresh off his win of the pay-per-view, um, beating Adam Cole. Taking on Dante Martin. Uh, Dante Martin continues to impress pretty much everybody with his in-ring ability. The guy is a high flyer. You know, it kind of reminds me. I feel like Dante, like, to relate to TNA, like, Dante Martin's the head of the X Division, and, like, Hangman Adam Page is, like, the world champ, and it's an odd pairing, but, um, obviously, Dante Martin has a hell of a record, and that's why. Yeah, I think they had to address that, so they're like, you know what, let's just give Hangman a match, it'll help him out a little bit. Dante Martin's going right back to the tag division. Oh, yeah. Because his brother's back, but, so I mean, it was know, nice. It wasn't the worst, like, AEW world title match I've ever seen, but I'm like... It was short, but I think, kinda, it, I think it was nice to be short at that point. They kind of just threw it out of left field. They said, yep, yeah, uh, Dante, here's your shot. Go get it. And, I mean, you know, the camaraderie between um, Hangman and Dante, he, you know, him saying, hey, like, I'd love to challenge you for the belt down the line. Probably not going to happen again. Uh, yep. And then <laughs> a big surprise, Adam Cole, baby, wants another title shot. No, Adam, you don't get another like, damn Adam, title shot. No, you got to prove yourself again, buddy boy. That's how it works. You don't get a damn title shot. Adam Cole, he's so needy. God damn. But anyway, up next is my new favorite tag team. John Moxley and Brian Danielson. They really need a tag name, dude. Versus the Job Squad. No, Mike, what's the Work Horseman? <laughs> the Work Tell Horseman. Me that's the most stupid fucking name I've ever heard. I'm so confused. Okay, so I know J.D. Drake. Because I've seen him before. But he was like with Peter Avalon and those guys. Ugh. So now he's in another tag team, and I'm like, they didn't really clarify what's going on with that. So but I to, guess it didn't matter. To brief you on what happened, they beat them in five minutes. And then you get William Regal that comes out, and of course he gets quite a big pop. And William Regal actually puts on one of the best promos of the night, and then later on Twitter apologized for it because he didn't like the fact that he was stalling time. I said, William Regal, the entire fan base of wrestling would have liked to listen to you for an hour. I'm like, give Regal the entirety of Rampage just to speak, it was, and I'd listen. It was a heartfelt moment between him and Shivani. It was a heartfelt moment between him and the boys. He really cares, and he's there to stay, and you know what? It was one of my favorite promos I've ever heard. I loved oh, yeah. it. My favorite part is where he just spends like 20 minutes worshiping Danielson, and then and he then, turns to Moxley and he goes, and you... I you're one you like, crazy motherfucker. Like, I met you like nine years ago, and you're a crazy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's about it for Moxley. I love that Moxley was just walking around the stage like chewing gum and looking all like angry and mad and shit. And Danielson's sitting there with that cheesy smile like he's running for local office. Yeah. Like Glenn yeah. Jacobs. Like Glenn Jacobs. Oh, or Lord. Isaac Yankum. Dumbass. Uh, but yeah, I love these guys as a tag team. I saw them like fist bump a couple times during the match, and the chemistry's undeniable. It's really good. Um, I'm a fan. I just can't wait to see where this goes moving forward. Um, next match. Uh, this one also was kind of uh, just thrown in between, but I mean. It put it put Orange Cassidy and Danhausen on TV. But we got Pac. We got Wheeler Yuta. It was just a nice match. Yeah. Wheeler. There wasn't a doubt about it. Sometimes you're just going to have a one-off match on Dynamite just to take up a little bit of time. I thought it was great. 
But let's get into the most important part of the night. The emergency board meeting of the AHFO, which is a segment that would only happen if somebody special debuted. Like a Mr. Jeffrey Nero Hardy. So pretty much what happens, Matt Hardy is in the middle of the ring. They're talking, they're trying to discuss it, and he goes, hey, listen, Mark Quinn, um, Isaiah Cassidy, they're not going to turn on me. They're my boys. The next thing you know... They did the Batista. Yeah, I was like, we referenced <laughs> Batista twice in this video. I'm and like, I do not like to talk this much about Dave you know, Batista. You know, even though it was like such a short-lived thing, it really broke your heart to see Matt Hardy get turned on by the boys, man. Oh, yeah. And let's let's talk about the meme of the week. Oh, the <laughs> with Jeff Hardy doing... You can't doing, see me doing it, but I'm doing the... <laughs> with Jeff Hardy doing the dance. So, the old-school Hardy Boys theme plays, loaded... Which they have the rights to, which is absolutely Tony Khan would delightful. buy anything for anyone. And he really spoiled us by giving us that theme song. Because I was either, you know, like, I was just like, man, I wonder what theme song he's going to come out to. And they play that shit, and everybody went. Other than Regal at the Poppet Revolution, that one was insane. Oh, it was crazy. Well, and I mean, at first they played Darby and Sting's theme. And you're I going, know, I love that. You? fucking kidding and me. i'm like dude they're teasing the fuck out of me right now yeah, they're probably gonna bring in jeff like next week but no they did it um jeff saw his brother in pain and decided to do a little dance before helping him out I, I i'm wanted, like jeff i wanted to cry that sounds like erratic behavior to me but anyway up next is my new favorite baby face wardlow aew dynamite has officially turned into wardlow's world did you know wardlow's from cleveland Cleveland. Yeah, he's an Ohio boy. He's Buckeye born and raised. Well, uh, which is be, why wouldn't that be Columbus though? Well, Buckeye State. It's the Buckeye State. You know. Either way, Wardlow's from my home state, and yes. I'm really proud of that. You know, and I literally kept comparing him to Batista the entire time he's talking. And you know what? I'm like, God damn it! If he's not good on the mic, this is going to be so fucking bad. But he was slick. He was really good on he the mic. He was so great on the mic, and I wasn't expecting it. Uh, he talked about like a little bit of personal stuff with him growing up, and they were a little bit poor, so he partnered himself with Maxwell. I think he's easily relatable, and I think that's why it's really succeeding, the Wardlow storyline. I think Wardlow has so much potential to just absolutely obliterate the singles division. He definitely has a world title shot in his future. And the guy just, you know, I mean, he's he's a monster. And, you know, like, you've had guys in the past, like your Mason Ryans. Remember that fucking guy? Oh, Mason Ryan. Like, man. you have these big, bulky guys, but if they can't cut a promo, they're done. Exactly. Well, here's something to think about. Speaking about his singles run in AEW, next week he has a... TNT title match with the current TNT champion who shall remain unnamed for the time being. Jeff Hardy. That's not <laughs> Jeff Hardy. Uh, Pete Dunne? It's Butch? It's Butch. It's Butch? No. Uh, Don't ask us to review it. We're not going to review it. Who do you think is going to win? Do you think Warlow's going to beat the one-week reign of Scorpio Sky? It, it wouldn't make sense for them to, um, you know, I was going to say, obviously it's Scorpio Sky that won the you know, fucking belt. That's right. Spoiler. Yeah. But no, no, I don't think it makes sense. Um, I honestly think Maxwell Jacob Friedman is going to get his back on uh, Mr. Wardlow, and I think that's going to propel the you know the storyline, and then Wardlow MJF is going to be a double or nothing encounter. But the next match included my second favorite tag team of everybody loves the acclaimed, 
Dude, the acclaimed are the best thing about professional Yo, wrestling. Listen. Dude, I will watch any acclaimed match. The acclaimed could be the most shitty wrestlers on the planet, and I would just listen to their raps. I mean, it reminds me of like John Cena coming out dissing on people, but I love the way Max Caster does it. I think he almost does it better than Cena. I mean, he has like a smooth little, you know, he can roll with it. And then Bowens is kind of the muscle. He's the bigger. He's dude. the hype man. Yo, dude, with the, the best box. hype man, dude. And they're they started off as such a lame gimmick, but the minute Caster started rapping, it it was over. Dude, when I get bored, I literally just listen to like Max Caster rap compilations. Literally, Max. He's Caster. he's a genius. But yeah, they had a pretty great match against Jurassic Express. I feel like it was just to elevate Jurassic Express a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. Which you know is kind of depressing that you're using the acclaimed to elevate Jurassic Express and not the other way Again, around. Again, Jurassic Express. The, sue me. I don't get Jurassic Express. Like, I'm they're sorry. all right, but I just. If you want to take Jungle Boy seriously, you're going to have to pull Roman Reigns on him. You're not. Turn and heel. Like, you're not as charismatic and personable as the Bucks. You're not as talented as the Lucha Brothers in terms of wrestling. And, I mean, shit, to compare it to, like, the first, you know, tag team champions of AEW, SCU, like, you know Kazarian and Daniels. Uh, you don't have the name recognition, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, the only reason you have the name recognition is because you've been in the company for three years. And, you know, like so, I said, you don't have name value, you don't have talent, and you don't have personality. I'm sorry. Here's my idea for Jungle Boy. I liked what they were doing. Set with- to WWE. <laughs> okay, so if all else fails, that's kind of the backup plan. That's the plan B, Shit, if you they will. should have sent him. Bring Cody back. But, uh, no, I would turn him heel, and I'd have him be the Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Make Jack Perry his wrestling name. Yeah. Because Jungle know, Boy is way too cheesy. I already hate him as is, though. Like, I like yeah. the, like the one match they had, the street fight, where he was wearing jeans and he grew his beard out. I'm like, I believe that guy. Better than that. Make him look a little grizzled. He, the baby face Jungle Boy, it's not working out. I think a Christian Cage heel turn on them would be pretty interesting. Oh, I think so, but I they won't do it. They won't do it. It's bullshit. <laughs> At least for the time being. Tony, nobody likes Jurassic Express. Speaking of people that nobody likes, up next is Layla Hirsch. Why would Hirsch? you talk shit about <laughs> I'm Layla? I'm sorry. Hirsch. I love Layla, but no, she's, she's not getting over. No, she's terrible. Her They're trying. Range. I, I will become known as the controversial wrestling opinion. Layla Hirsch's wrestling ability is garbage. It's terrible. She's so tiny. It's, that's, you know, and she does her best, but I'm sorry, but, like, when you wrestle with Thunder Rosa, you've got to have some. They need to add some character there's to no, her. Yeah, there's no character. It's not like she's a Taz where she's tiny, but she can work, and she got promo ability. She doesn't have promo ability. Yeah, and to people that say we don't shit on AEW, I'm shitting on them right now. I don't like Layla Hirsch. She's terrible. Um, they need to work on her. They I really, think she really has do. potential. Yeah, you know, I wish they had, like, well, I was going to say, I wish they had developmental, but they have dark. And it, they, they have Ring of Honor. They do. They do. Send her to Ring of Honor, man. It, it would be interesting to see Layla Hirsch get some more attention because I think she has potential, but I, it's just they're pushing her way too fast. What I would do is this might be controversial, but I'd send her with uh, Team Taz. You know, that's not a terrible idea. Just have Taz be your uh, it almost promo f- work for a while. It makes sense if they had, like, a female in Team Taz. Yeah, I think it would elevate Team Taz a lot more. But as our good friend Mark Henry would say, it's time for the main events. The They're TNT. paying him thousands of dollars just, just to say that. And that's fine, man. Whatever you want to do to keep that man on your roster. TNT Championship match, Sammy Guevara 
the Spanish God versus Scorpio Scar. You like you like that intro? I, Sammy Gavor. I don't like his theme song. I hate his theme song. The I've only part never, I like is Sammy Gavor. I've never liked his theme song. Let me it's, tell you, his reign with the TNT title is the worst. It's underwhelming. It's terrible. It's worse than Hangman's. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? That's fair because I, I like to sit there and say Hangman's uh, reign with the AEW title sucks. But, but he's had like classic matches with Danielson, Archer, Cole. I was what has Sammy Guevara done? Hangman can wrestle, and Sammy Guevara can wrestle too. But Name I, a guy that Sammy's faced besides Cody. You know what I mean? Darby. <laughs> Darby and Cody. The, the trifecta of TNT belt champions. How do you feel about Scorpio Sky winning the belt? You know, I think Scorpio Sky has always been a talent that they've wanted to, you know, boost and boost, and then they sign Ethan Page, and they go, oh, yep, you're going to work with Ethan Page, and him go. But, like, last week, I was challenging Jericho. Remember when he challenged Jericho for the belt? Yeah. And then he just kind of disappeared, and then he'd wrestle one-off matches, and then all of a sudden Ethan Page comes in, and they go, yeah, you're the man of the year with him. And he goes, the problem, (laughs) I like that quote about how they wanted to sign Josh Alexander, and they got Ethan Page. Like, if you had actually signed Josh Alexander to AEW. See, the only... I love that they put the belt on Scorpio's guy. Yeah, he's great. He's a great wrestler. I would have rather them put it on Andrade, but... Yeah, I would too, but then again... It's I'm, a, gonna... I'm happy they put it on somebody besides Sammy. The only problem looking forward is what are they going to do with Ethan Page? <sighs> I have no fucking idea. Is he just going to be a sidekick? Maybe they'll sign Josh Alexander. Maybe. I don't know. Can you see the North running for the tag team division? Just send Ethan Page to WWE. Give me the North versus the Hardy Boys versus the Young Bucks. Isn't it Give sad whenever Briscoes. I don't like somebody or they don't have an idea, I just they set up WWE. Yeah, um, they get the WWE boot. The problem is, it's like, we'll trade you Finn Bauer and AJ Styles for fucking Ethan Page and goddamn so, Jungle Boy. the entertainment boot, are we giving it to Jungle Boy and Ethan Page? We're giving them the entertainment boot. It the trade- entertainment boot, trademarked. You know what? I'm surprised that like Vince wouldn't like a guy like Ethan Page. I mean, he's built, you know, he... He already has him. It's called Austin Theory. Yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> you the know, same like, gimmick. Austin Theory is essentially Walmart brand Ethan Page. Or, exactly. Or vice versa, he's whichever gr- one you want to say. They're but, great values of each other. Yeah, I mean, Scorpio Sky winning the belt. And, I mean, you're obviously... I mean, it's a good thing. You appeal to a lot of different demographics since, you know, he's the first African-American to hold, you know, the belt in AEW. Um, he's doing great things. I think he's excellent. I think... Scorpio Sky's got a real, real big um, future with AEW. Um, he, like I said, man, he just has it. I think um, moving them from the beginning when they moved him away from SCU, I think that was the good call. They needed they needed to kind of put him on the shelf for a while, but they didn't oh, have yeah. any injury time for him. So they said, "Hey, here's this nobody that was popular because his tag team partner is way better than he is." And listen, a heel. And the TNT belt goes together like bread and butter. It's going to do nothing but elevate his run in AEW. I and like I'm excited my, to see it. I like my butter bread. Bro, you're going to get the entertainment boot if you keep that up. Okay. Right. Well, well yeah. I mean, hell, they'll pay me better. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, get that Cody Rhodes money. I mean, yeah. And I was going to say, I'm sure we'll eventually talk to you about, um, you know, Cody Rhodes and, you know, what his future is and what we'll think of his run. There's so much to cover on this podcast, and we're just scratching the surface. But let's roll through Rampage real quick. Let's take a look at these matches. Well, number one is we got to hear from Scorpio Sky about his win over Sammy Guevara and just hearing him with Dan Lambert. 
and Ethan Page. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him. Oh, absolutely. He's going to have a great reign. Um, our first match on the card was Darby Allen versus Mark Quinn. Another match that was shadowed by the ending. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. Mark Quinn is basically just the other half of the private party tag yeah, team. I mean, it was a decent match. I mean, whenever you get Darby in the ring on a rampage, it's going to be something. Here's what I don't like. Uh, well, the ending was obviously Andrade El Idolo and his stable coming out and attacking. But they stuck Andrade with Hardy's stable. I know, now it's just the I HFO, know. or not the HFO, the AFO. They have the. And I'm like, stop! <laughs> just put tell Butcher me, and Blade on their own. Tell me on what universe Andrade makes sense with Butcher and Blade and Private Party. It, it, it doesn't it, make sense. It's the worst pairing. But yeah, they just need to split that up. Completely. But I mean, Matt and Jeff coming out, you know, towards the end. Obviously, it's essentially like what happened on Dynamite. Light. It's a nostalgia trip. But after that. Quick match between Jamie Hayter and Mercedes Martinez. And it's looking like Hayter pulled out the win, thanks to Britt Baker helping her cheat, as always. Fair these, match. These guys got to stay together. Rebel, Hayter, and Baker. You Unstoppable. Know, it, it, it's pretty good. It's a pretty great match. But up next after that was Keith Lee and QT Marshall. Man, QT Marshall is the new 2.0. I know, I know how much you love QT Marshall, Ryan. You know, again, another guy that needs the entertainment, dude. Um, he just really, in my opinion, doesn't have it. And you know what? Um, I think Keith Lee so far has kind of been poorly booked. I mean, really. I mean, like, the, you're, you get the competition's big dude, and this is what you're doing with him, you know? He's, he's flying under the radar. I'm hoping they build him up a little bit more, and they're going to keep working on that. Yeah, he really need, you know what Keith Lee needs is a really good feud somebody to get him kind of in the door. And QT Marshall wasn't it. But hear me out. <coughs> After the match, Team Taz stuck their heads in, mm-hmm. and they're going to start messing with Keith Lee. Powerhouse Hobbs picked this man up and powerbombed him. Powerhouse Hobbs is insane. Yeah, an I think Powerhouse Hobbs had all the you know potential in the world, too. And I like the pairing with Team Taz, but like I said, it's just Powerhouse Hobbs is just kind of boring. Hopefully they can kind of I, I mean, when you play second fiddle to Ricky, I mean, you kind of view yourself as just like you're just there for to be muscle and fight people. And but yeah, hopefully they uh, pull out a little. What more. an entertaining and like different match that uh, we had after that with Tony Nese and Swerve Strickland. Talk about two guys that really, really want to make a name for themselves. I mean, Swerve Strickland. We talked about it. He debuted, um, and then Tony Nese has just been kind of that guy that's. Been on the outside, just kind of, you know, observing. He Like, you see him every week watching matches, and he just never fucking wrestles. I love Tony Nese. I love his gimmick. Mm-hmm. I don't like his wrestling at all. Yeah. I think he's the most, like, boring wrestler I've seen in a long time. Give him the entertainment boot. He, he could take the entertainment boot all day long. Um, I like his I like his gimmick of watching his competition. I think that's really cool to have. Yeah, but this like was a, if that's your whole gimmick. It's I don't yeah. know. It's hard to read with this guy, man. He was a great opponent for Swerve to make his debut, and I guess the crowd's really behind Swerve, I, who yeah. obviously picked up a win here over Nice. It was a good match. He's he's enhancement talent at this point. Yeah. No, I'm I'm into. I want to see more Swerve Strickland. I mean, when he debuted on, uh, you know, for Revolution, I'm just like, who, who the fuck is this guy? You know what I mean? Like, I, I well, genuinely yeah. did not know. But, yep, um, I'm pretty excited 
about but, AEW moving forward. There's a lot of new storylines that we started. That's like my favorite episode of Dynamite is the one directly after the pay-per-view. It's good. Because really that's the one we went to when it came to Cincinnati. The fallout from All Out. The fallout from All Out. Because then we got, we were there for the famous mid promo from MJF. But yes, that concludes Revolution Weekend and the pay per view into its entirety. We were wrong about some things. We were right about some things. We're just excited to move forward and discuss all kinds of new topics here on the podcast. Uh, there's a lot of ground to cover when it comes to pro wrestling. And I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of it here on Smart Marks. And we appreciate your continued support. Obviously, it's brand new. We're still new to this, but we love wrestling, and we know that you guys love wrestling too. Um, we are definitely down to do reviews of just about anything other than Sheamus or NXT or uh, what is it? Three hundred five or two hundred five live? It's two hundred five. I don't think it's a thing anymore. It was. It was. It was like it was like the cruiserweight division. Yeah, you I, remember it? it I remember. Never- that was about to say, the only reason I've heard of 205 Live is um from Pac. Yeah, th- that's the only... And Enzo. Yeah. Oh, God, Enzo. And Tony Nese. I think Tony Nese was on it. But, yeah. But he got the entertainment boot, so I don't care about <laughs> he that. He did. So, yeah, and again, guys, let us know um, anything you want us to review. It might be different promotions. It might be pay-per-views. Like, I'll be honest with you, I've never seen much of New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I'd like to give it a shot. Yeah. I just need somewhere to start. And obviously, we're open to having just about anybody join us for a session or two. Maybe that could be a future thing. Don't know. We're about you, to find out. I was going to say, if you guys would like to see it, let us know. If we would like to drop some knowledge on us, I would sure like to find but out. But you ain't, you ain't more knowledgeable than us. Oh, no. Unless no, you no. watch a lot of 205 Live and NXT, then you might be smarter mm-hmm. than us at WWE. Uh, Pete Dunn, if you're out there, I'd love to have you in for an interview. Just uh, dis- <laughs> discussing the character. MJF, I'd love to have you in for an interview. No, 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 no. Yeah, He's he- still... He went up from that dog collar match. I know. He got, but he that's, got pins in his back. That's about it for the Smart Marks podcast this week. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. We're going to be back next week. Hoping to get new episodes out every Monday. Monday! But See, um, you actually have something to look forward to on Mondays. Now. Exactly. From our family to yours, I hope you have a great rest of the week. And we will see you next week right here on Smart Marks Podcast.